David Furness, very, very rusty on the guitar. Last week, uh, you know, we sang some Celine Dion on the podcast, which was a lot of fun, but, you know, we used backing tracks, one of the most bougiest things that this podcast has ever done. And today it's back to the guitar. Why? Because we are back to Beantown, back to basics here. Welcome to the 2018 Halloween Spooktacular Beantown Podcast edition number one. This is Quinn David Furness. This is my voice. This is what I sound like. How's it going? What's happening? Happy Halloween to everybody out there. Uh, Beantown Podcast coming to you live from 817 St. Paul Street. Oh, it's a beautiful day. (coughs) Nice and crisp. 50 degrees outside, going for a run after this, and just, you know, fighting those Sunday scaries away. Although, I tell you what, I get the Sunday scaries. I don't like the people who who just, you know, that's all they talk about on their Sundays. I don't get it. They're always complaining about it. And, yeah, nobody wants to wake up. 6 a.m. the next morning, go to work. That's never a fun thing. But if you let the Sunday scaries consume your entire life or your entire Sunday, you're not going to have a very fun weekend because now we're dealing with five days of work, six for some of us, seven for some of us, one day off maybe, of lots of fun things, and you get to sleep in the next day. And then you have one day where you're just spooked the whole day. Anxiety all that other stuff. I get it, but I say you got to grab life by the lips and just yank. Uh, Can't take credit for that line. Weird Al, check him out. But that was a little bad moon rising. It was was what I chose to play for the Halloween spooktacular. I could have gone with Thriller. I could have gone with some Rob Zombie. I could have done some Monster Mash, but I'm very... Rusty on the guitar, if you couldn't tell. haven't really played in two months, and the fingerings are all off, and I don't have... My my fingers aren't tough enough for it currently, so that's the best we could do. That's by John Fogarty and CCR. No, I don't own it, so thank you to the copyright police for not taking it down. This is the Beantown Podcast. It is one of Baltimore City's top 500 podcasts. It is also 
voted by you, the fans, as the People's Podcast. Don't forget to use the hashtag Friends of the Podcast when you're talking about us on Twitter. Thanks to everyone who has been following us around on this fall 2018 tour. It has been a lot. It has been a lot of fun as well, though. We have been all over the place. We got three time zones covered. Just a a recap, and we're not going to talk about specific episodes, but just here are the places that we've been. We started off in Indianapolis, Indiana, the homeland, Mike Pence. Good time there. We uh, Let's see. That episode was significant because nobody wanted to listen to it because we spent half of the time talking about the penis ring dispensers that you get at those gas stations, travel centers, etc. That was a lot of fun. It was the first ever podcast from the actual road. Took a, a page out of the Car Ride Convos podcast chapter and did audio while I was driving, which was a lot of fun because I-65, there's just nothing there, especially on a, on a Sunday, which is when I was driving. Then we came to you live from Chicago, Illinois, which was a good time. And I don't know what we talked about on that podcast, but you can go check it out. That would have been the second Sunday after – the first Sunday after Labor Day, second Sunday in September. Then we uh, drove down – let's see, where were we next? After that would have been Bowling Green, Kentucky. We did a little, uh, while we were in Bowling Green, we did a Beantown Unplugged special where we did some bourbon taste testing. We did some Jim Beam, some Maker's Mark, some Early Times. There was one other in there, but that was a lot of fun. Kentucky was a good time. We then went up to Rockford, Illinois, which was kind of the midpoint of the fall tour and you know, apex or nadir, depending on how you view it, of this entire thing. We were with Matthew Feather, which was a lot of fun. Matthew got to take the reins on the podcast for himself because I was peeing so much because I was sick. Ugh, I'm getting nightmares just thinking about that night. A lot of fun, but it's kind of delirious. Really tired, really sick. And we did all the singing, which was just actually a nightmare because of how much my, my throat hurt. Yeah, that was I, the like one or two days out of the year. My throat is just absolute trash. We picked that day for the first ever concert series, which was awesome. Well, second ever. I guess I did Wonderwall with my brother Jack. But after Rockford, we then came to you live from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. There was a trip to Salt Lake City thrown in between there, but we didn't do anything for the podcast there because I was still sick. But we came to you live from Sioux Falls. That was a good time. First ever podcast. As far as our research team could discover, first ever podcast ever conducted from the state of South Dakota. So that was kind of cool. I don't, you know, maybe Guinness is going to send a plaque or a, a po I'm not sure. They haven't reached out yet, but we're just, it's a, it's a wait and see sort of situation. After that, we came to you live from Baltimore, Maryland. That was a good time. Uh, kind of a, a pit stop uh, coming back to to some of our roots, so that was good. But then we went back out. We hit the road, Chicago, Illinois, stop number two. It was a new show that was added. We had Haley Benson, HB94, join us live on the podcast. We were watching the Dodgers-Brewers game. We all thought the Brewers were going to coast into the World Series, and now you have the Dodgers, and now the Dodgers are down 3-1 to one in the World Series, and Red Sox can win today, etc. We had a good time. We're doing that podcast, and then last week we came to you live from Nashville, Tennessee, and 
we had some good relationship questions on the show, and we talked about a little bit of everything. It was a lot of rambling. It was it was kind of the hardcore, nitty gritty content that the listeners and subscribers of the Bean Town Podcast love to hear. And now we are on last stop of the tour, which had I think eight or nine dates. You can go back and count. It's on the back of your T-shirts if you're wearing it right now. And we're coming to you live from Beantown, Halloween Spooktacular. It's a good time, 817 St. Paul Street. Beautiful fall weather, finally. And, yeah, we're going to spend the rest of today talking about things that that spook me out. I've got a a good list I prepared for this podcast. I've got some things written down. You know, always good to write things down so you can remember. So that's going to be good. Listener discretion is advised when you are entertaining yourself with the Beantown Podcast. Number one, we'll occasionally drop some ns and oh shores and anyways and, you know, dams and shits and the other ones. Stuff that you got to try to keep off the, the, the airways. Number two, the podcast is objectively terrible, as voted by you, the fans. So thank you for that. Thank you, everyone, for your support. I see you tweeting us, you know, hashtag friends of the podcast. We are at BeantownCast on Twitter. You can always find us on Facebook. We are on email, yahoo.com, right? New, new, big new uh, website, Yahoo. Beantown Podcast at yahoo.com. That's Beantown, B-E-A-N-T-U, podcast at yahoo.com. If you missed it, just rewind, play it in like half speed. You'll figure it out. And we are on... Oh, man, where are we? We're on iTunes. We're on YouTube. We are on SoundCloud. We're on Google Play. We're on Stitcher. We're on Player FM. We're everywhere you listen to your podcast except for the places we're not, and that's just a great place to be. So without further ado, we're going to keep this podcast fairly brief, the classic thing to say at the start of an hour-long episode, right? But... I've got stuff to do. I'm going for a run with a friend, and I've got to do some meal prep. So before we get into the spooky list, going on a big diet. So travel, when I'm on the road, it's always a lot of fun. Get to see new places. I also like to explore with my stomach, with my mouth. And I think one of the most powerful or significant slash impactful cultural things you can do is explore regions or areas through their local cuisine because cuisine, food, and you don't need me going on a rant about this, but it is one of the most significant ways for areas, states, cities to sort sort of showcase or promote what they're all about. Food is very strongly ingrained into our culture. It is very closely tied to our primary cultural identities. So I, in turn, like to explore food while I am out. And when you spend a lot of time working and traveling in the Midwest, well, the Midwestern region of the United States is not necessarily known for its healthy food in terms of what's significant, what's culturally significant, it's known the other way around, right? You go to Wisconsin, it's known for cheese, anything dairy, which pretty high in fat, pretty high in calories. And you go to a place like 
uh, Nashville or Memphis, and they're known for their barbecue, which is barbecue is not always the unhealthiest thing, but where they really get you is it's just an overkill, no pun intended, of the meat. So meat in healthy quantities is great. But when you go to these barbecue places, you get a lot of meat. And then they also serve you the white bread, which is not the greatest thing. And then you get slaw as well, which is probably not terrible, but you do get some. I don't know how you make slaw, but it's not mayo that's in there, but it's some sort of dairy product that's going to enhance the caloric intake a little bit. And then everything's got fries. That's the thing. You go to pretty much any place in these regions that is... American cuisine, there's always going to be fries, which is just perfect because Americans, like me, are fat, and it's because we like our French fries. Maybe the greatest food invention of all time, also one of the unhealthiest things. So, you know, when you're in Chicago, deep dish pizza. When you're in Kansas City, when you're in Memphis, when you're in Nashville, it's barbecue. When you're in Wisconsin, it's fried everything but beer, brats, cheese you know and you can go to healthy places but i what i find is most of the self-labeled healthy places that i interact on the road have nothing to do with their region's cultural identities and i'm not sure why that is it's probably because the cultural food identities are inherently unhealthy in these places right you go to i don't know japan the big cultural identity there is fish and sushi, cultural food identity. I'm not, there's probably a better term for this. I apologize for my sociologists out there listening, but you know, fish and sushi, you know, in excess quantities can be unhealthy, particularly the sushi when you throw the rice in there, but in standard quantities, pretty healthy, particularly when you compare to. Uh, cheese curds and fries and brats here in the Midwest or in the Midwest. So that's just a thing that's inherent to the Midwest. What it means is I spent the last eight weeks of my life doing most of that because I don't have, one, I don't have a ton of control. Two, I just don't want to have that control because I like to explore the food. I also like to explore local beers, right? You can't go explore regions through their healthy drink options regions are explored through their beers through their wines to a lesser extent but that's you know if you go to california napa or if you're in italy or something great lots of different wines to choose from when you're going to nobody goes to indiana or uh where else south dakota to sample the wines that's just do they grow grapes there yeah do they have amazing wine no so you do the beer because you're always going to have different beers. Everything's going to taste a little bit different. So you can do that. Long story short, and that was long. It was like five-minute rambling on cultural identities. What it means is I gained weight, which was not not a, an unintentional thing, not something I'm aware of. I put on clothes every day. I feel I know how it's going. But when I'm not paying for the food because my, my job is covering it and I get to explore and that's one of the best ways for me to explore because I have limited time. It just means that you start to pack on the pounds. So we are back, not back, but we are on a heavy diet now. 
And what it's including is a severe lack of drinking. I did have some drinks last night. I was at Halloween slash birthday party for uh, my lady. And so I had like one beer and a couple cocktails. And then I fall asleep, frankly. But it means limiting drinks. And if I am going to drink, keep it to wine or straight liquor. Got to avoid the beer because I love the beer, but there's just a lot of calories in it. And got to just spend more time cooking. I haven't really cooked in the last two months. Not really on me because I've been on the road in hotels. But now that I have the opportunity, look, it's way easier to just go down the street, buy something, order something. But in some cases, cheaper too. But got to take out the time. So the whole story is that I... I don't have a ton of time today. It's going to be a shorter episode, which is ironic now that I've rambled for 10 minutes on food. But I got a meal prep because when I lost about 40 pounds spring of 20... What year was that? Spring of 2017. Is that right? Yeah, that sounds good. When I was finishing up grad school, it was a very strict diet smoothies for breakfast. And we're throwing you know, some frozen fruit, some kale, some almond milk, some peanut butter. Try to keep it pretty simple in there. And lunch, the big thing for me were my lunches last, or, or when I dieted big time last time, which was cauliflower, fried rice with veggies and chicken. It's not my favorite thing, and this is the tough part about it. It's not, I don't love the cauliflower fried rice. You read all the super fit, super healthy people, online and their blogs and stuff and they're all like oh, you can't even taste the difference i call apologies for my language i call bullshit on that because you absolutely can tell the difference it doesn't taste like regular rice it's not as good so a lot of it is in how you prepare it so you got to make sure you season it well but cauliflower fried rice some veggies some chicken some eggs you throw it in there and that's what you have for lunch and then dinners stick uh try to keep it pretty simple make some soup rely heavily on uh, lentils, split peas, those things are, they're not like superfoods, but they're, they're solid. It's better than just like loading up on potatoes. Um, and, uh, get some protein in there. Let's throw some, uh, some chicken or some beef in there. Uh, just, you know, you keep it in pretty limited quantities. You want your protein. And then the big thing is just water. You just, uh, you gotta have, that's the drinking. My calories is not typically a big, temptation for me when i am dieting the worst part is like when you're out with people or you're playing trivia or something trying to avoid the beer or and i hate to do this but i might might imbibe in some like bud lights or something keep the calories down it's not it's not great it's not that fun to drink but it's better than just sitting there having water when you're having a good time now what's what i like to do when i'm just living my normal life is get a six pack of something new at the grocery store that I never tried before, bring it home and just have, you know, one or two a night. And again, it's kind of just like exploring things. I'm not drinking something just to drink something. I like to see what, what this new beer is all about. What does it taste like? Where is it from? All that stuff. So you just got, I just got to put that on pause because, you know, drinking your calories is a terrible way to lose weight. So lots of water and, uh, we'll see how it goes. I chose a tougher time to do it. One, now that it's getting colder, and two, the holidays coming up. But need to do it. Need to stick with it. Pants are too tight. All that stuff. You just got at some point. You know, there's always going to be an excuse 
to um to to keep packing in the carbs to keep drinking the beer there there will always be something for me it's just the holidays so you got to you know my holidays aren't even that significant this year it's one or two flights here or there a bus all that stuff so that's uh, uh, let me put the kibosh you know you didn't think my my spooky thing was going to be me talking about my my diet life for 15 minutes but you know that's it's spooky for me to talk about because there's a long road ahead but we're uh we're gonna do it and we're gonna we've done it before that's the biggest thing this isn't uncharted water for me this is just do it again needs to happen so didn't uh the big thing is i wasn't training for a marathon this fall which was the first time in a couple years that i hadn't done that so it's time to get back on the horse time to get back into it and uh, we'll see how it goes. So I'll keep everyone updated. Let me get a, a sip of water here, and then we're going to get into our spooky list, and then we're going to end it so I can go run, watch football, meal prep, and uh, all that good stuff. So here we go. Okay. The Halloween Spooktacular. I have a list here. These are just a sampling of things that have spooked me out recently. And these are in no particular order. I was just writing them down, you know, yesterday, today, as they were coming to me. And we won't make it that long. I want this to be digestible for everyone, like my cauliflower fried rice, hopefully. Number one, and this I hold very near and dear to my heart when I'm traveling Mexican places in the airport. So I'm at Hartsfield, Jackson, Atlanta a couple nights ago, waiting on a late late night flight to back to BWI. And you go to Atlanta and there there's like a billion people there. I don't know if if you ever been to Hartsfield, Jackson, it's the busiest airport in the world and you notice it when you're there. I'm there at like 10 p.m. There's people everywhere. The lines for almost every food place, crazy long. So I, you go to like the food court in Terminal S or B or wherever I was. And there's one place that doesn't have 15 people in line. It's this Mexican place. There's like four people in line. And I just needed something because I was hungry. And I was tired of just walking around. And it takes forever to walk anywhere in that airport too. It's just a big place. So... I go to the Mexican place, get a very standard like chicken burrito, very comparable to something you get at Chipotle, right? Boy, they don't believe in flavor at this Mexican place. I mean, I don't think any one of the ingredients I put in my burrito had ever seen a speck or a pinch of salt ever. It was just, boy, it was rough. I'm I'm a pretty open-minded eater. And I'll eat pretty much anything, and I won't really complain about anything because when, especially when you're in a travel situation, you just want something to eat. You just want to not be hangry anymore. But, man, this you know it was bad because this thing was absolutely terrible. And on that note, before that, at the previous airport, I got a uh, Philly cheesesteak, and you open up the, the tinfoil, and... Oh, man, the way the tinfoil was wrapped when I opened it, I don't know whose idea this was, but the sandwich was facing down, 
and it was so soggy that the bottom half of the bread had pretty much just dissipated into thin air. And so I'm left with just half of this bread, half of this, you know, bun of bread, and then a whole lot of meat and onions and peppers. Again, a significant lack of flavor. I don't understand. You don't it you don't have to do anything crazy, literally just a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper, and you're gonna be in, in much better shape than these two places were. But look, no one's going to the airport for their, you know, Michelin star fine dining experience. But if you're a restaurant in the world, you should believe in salt. You should believe in pepper because these places were rough. So that's uh, the Mexican places in the airport in general because I've had that experience before. But also watch out for those Philly cheesesteaks because it smells good and it looks good on paper. But the execution, some of these places, and I've even had a Philly cheesesteak in a Philly airport, in the Philly airport. Not good. Bad, in fact. Very sad. Very sad. Uh, next, Megan Kelly. Everyone knows the Bean Town Podcast knows we don't get very political on the Bean Town Podcast. But first of all, what's with the spell? What's going on with her name? M E G Y N. That's that's almost like an O B G Y N. O B. Okay, sketch idea. Obi One Kenobi. O B G Y N. I there's something there. It's just a kernel of an idea. SNL, if you're listening to this, which I assume you are, you know, because you know, I've seen some of my ideas for sketches been thrown onto the show before. Let me know. I love to talk through the OBG, OB1, OBGYN sketch with you. I think it could be big. But, okay, she's got a, a weird Y in her first name. It's like Kashyyyk, three Ys in it, Star Wars planet where the Wookiees are from. Uh, let's get past that. And so I, I feel like Megyn Kelly, when she was a, a host on Fox News – she was just like very Fox News-ish, and maybe that's just the material she was given to work with. But I don't understand when this happened, you know, five, four or five years ago, why she was given an hour on the Today Show. Like, did people really want to see another, like, super bleach blonde, like, the most prototypical Fox News-looking host? Did people really want her to be on the Today Show for an hour. So there's your first, you know, that spooked me out already when it happened. But if you're really, if you're a Today Show host and you got an entire hour and there's only 24 hours to go around because God knows the Today Show never ends, you got to be really bad and say some really bad stuff to lose your hour because they let Hoda and Kathy Lee get an hour. I don't know if you have seen that show or heard of it or that portion of the show. It's it's rough. Every episode is some wine at 10 in the morning and here are fall fun fall festive activities you can do at home uh while your kids are at school. I, I don't understand the show. I've uh, holding Kathy Kathy Lee have an hour. I've seen Kathy Griffin get an hour on the Today show. I've seen freaking Carson Daly Get an hour on the Today Show. I even saw Oscar the Grouch sometime, one time, get an entire show, get an entire hour, as I lose my ability to speak here on the Today Show. So, Megan Kelly, you're spooking me out. How did you manage to lose your one hour on the Today Show? Because they're probably going to replace you with like the Swedish chef from Sesame Street or 
uh, Jameel Hill or something. So who you crapping, Megan Kelly? Uh, I, I talked about this in a fantasy football note earlier this week, which I know everyone read because, you know, obviously. Aquafina. Now, here's here's where we're getting into the, the murky waters here. I This popped up on, like, my YouTube or something, and I realized I didn't know much about her. So I was like, okay, clearly super popular. Let's investigate a little bit more. So I went in. I watched a bunch of her music videos, listened to a bunch of her music, like, dedicated time, which for me tends to be limited to actually, like, listening to her stuff, viewing her stuff, etc. Watch some uh, some some of Crazy Rich Asians to check out the acting aspect, and I rewatched a lot of the SNL stuff because she co-hosted or not co-hosted, she hosted the second episode of SNL Forty Four this year, which is mind-boggling to me, but it is what it is. I I just don't get it. I. I'm glad that she is serving as a role model and empowering figure for uh, other young Asian women and young Asian American people in general and empowerment, all that stuff. Great. There's nothing negative there. I'm happy. But couldn't they have, couldn't couldn't we as a society have chosen somebody, uh, I don't know, better, more talented, more, likable i mean what what happened to sai the guy who did gong style right that guy was cool he he wore sunglasses he had cool clothes and what what happened why can't we do him or asian jim right the guy is in fresh off the boat now if that show's still on I, I never saw it i just heard about it but i'm just you know big fan of the empowerment big fan of the representation just let's let's get somebody better in there, you know, that's all I'm saying. So Aquafina, you're kind of spooking me out. And the name, I just, right, I thought like Florida was stupid. Now we're doing Aquafina. I, bottled water is, is N. Essel going to come out next? I don't, uh, it's frustrating. Uh, next, and now I might piss off a lot of people, the city of Nashville. Let's, let's talk about it. The city of Nashville, the capital of Tennessee, the natural state, largest city in the state past Memphis a couple years ago, I I don't get it. Well, I, I get it. I hate I hate it though. Traffic. So much traffic in Nashville. It is not designed well. I don't know who organized the streets or the lights or the interstate system. And I don't know enough about that stuff to tell you why it's you know bad in Nashville, why it's good in Memphis, even though the two cities have of similar populations, I I'm not well versed enough. But the traffic, so bad. The uh, the bachelorette parties. You go anywhere in the vicinity of downtown Nashville, and it's just like crazy. People having a good time, like way too much to drink. Uh, the the like drunk trolley rides, all that stuff. I just. That is so off-putting to me. I don't get it. People just screaming like crazy, going wild. It's just, oof. Uh, I don't get it. I don't get the crazy bachelorette party culture. Every, Pretty much every one of my female friends I know who's had a bachelorette party has gone down to Nashville to do it. And it's just, oh, 
I don't understand. Well, I understand that. I don't like it, though. What else? Uh, the food. Cost of living in general, Nashville. It's pretty expensive. You don't, if you're, you know, from the East Coast or you don't really know Nashville very well, you might assume, well, it's in the middle of Tennessee, right? It's not going to be expensive. Wrong. If you want inexpensive stuff, you go down to, like, Memphis or something. But Nashville proper, it's pretty expensive. And cost of living is getting close to outrageous out there. The, uh, a lot of the women I see, it's a lot of the spray tans, the fake boobs, the country music just feels so fake. It's all, it's not like your mom's country music. It's like new age stuff, like Carrie Underwood, but times a hundred. And it just all, the glitz, the glamour, it feels so gilded. The mega churches, I just, man, give me Memphis seven days out of the week. I don't understand this affinity for Nashville, super Trumpy. Just, oh, it's, I spend two days there every fall, and it's too much for me. I don't even stay in Nashville. I stay south. I stay in Brentwood because I want to be out of the traffic, out of the spray tan fake boobs, out of the country glitz, all that stuff. So apologies, not picking on anybody who lives in Nashville, and particularly not picking on anybody who is originally from Nashville because the city didn't used to be that way. It's always been Music City, but it's gotten so glitzy, so gilded lately. It's kind of like Hollywood, east of the Mississippi. Not a fan. Not for me. Uh, Next thing that's really spooking me out, and we've got three things left here. The Sacramento Kings. You didn't think I was going to talk about the Sacramento Kings on this podcast, did you? question do they still exist do people in sacramento know that they have a basketball team do they ever go to the games uh does does sacramento kings like have a team store has anybody ever owned sacramento kings merchandise i haven't seen anything yet maybe that's still in the works for those guys but i don't i don't think they've ever sold anything has anyone ever seen a sacramento kings jersey the better question is, now that DeMarcus Cousins plays for the Big Bad Warriors, uh, just like an hour away there at the Bay, does anybody can anybody name a Sacramento Kings player? And I'll I'll wait if you if you know a Sacramento Kings player that's not DeMarcus Cousins five years ago, leave us a comment here either on YouTube or wherever you're listening, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM, all that stuff. Let let me know. If you know any Sacramento Kings players, is Willie Cauley Stein? Did he get drafted by the Kings? I don't know. The thing with the Kings is that they're so awful every year. You would think that at some point they would get a good player through the draft. But, boy, maybe I'm just not paying enough attention to the NBA. Maybe the NBA is not paying enough attention to the Sacramento Kings. But I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll start paying attention to the Sacramento Kings when they actually have a winning season. When's the last time that happened? It's probably been 15 years, and maybe it hasn't, but I'm just going to say that. So Sacramento Kings, does Jonathan Quick still play for the Kings? Leave us a comment. Let us know. Uh, Starbucks. I spend a lot of time at Starbucks in the last two months because I don't pay for my drinks. My company does. Otherwise, the other 10 months out of the year, I'm not at Starbucks because you're paying 
five bucks for a soy venti ariana grande double shot triple espresso etc but this new uh this new witch's brew drink at starbucks which tangent bitches brew by what's that felonious monk is bitches brew a monk thing or is that a miles davis thing i think bitches brew is felonious monk let's let's get our reach research team on it right here bitches brew is studio owned by miles davis okay it's not monk it's miles davis good to know because i <coughs> was thinking it was the other way around great album check it out 1970 ish around that year it's a lot of a lot of a lot of good music but witches brew it looks like if a unicorn had diarrhea or something maybe maybe a bad airport burrito i don't know something along those lines but it's this purple and pink thing is it a milkshake i'm not sure is there actual any coffee in there can i get it in nitro do they make it in venti what about trenta that's the secret one uh does ariana grande come with it etc et, et now i was i was thinking about this witch's brew cold brew nitro coffee and i you know ariana grande always comes up in my starbucks sketches pete davidson so the two of them split who didn't see that coming but that's here's my last thing this is something that really spooks me out and as a fledgling failing comic myself pete davidson let's talk about it i've been struggling with pete davidson for a while now two or three years i just don't get it i i've seen his stand-up i don't feel like it's that great i feel like he's a less likable version of andy samberg or uh for older audiences um shoot what's hell what's his name uh damn this is embarrassing classic snl guy who plays the juice song on the uh the guitar adam sandler god that was terrible uh he's just like them but not as good i don't know if that's a thing to say but he all he does on snl is play like audience not audience but like backup characters in the sketches and then he gets a three minute segment on weekend update where he just goes and like talks about whatever he wants with colin jost or michael Che or both it it's almost like watching the bean tom podcast get a three minute segment on live national television every week and i tell you what nobody including myself wants that Nobody would be happy in that situation. Nobody would be laughing. It's not that, I don't know. I don't get it. And now he's like, all the tabloids are talking about MTVs all over it. And that's because of the whole dumb Ariana Grande thing. I don't know why Ariana Grande ever went out with Pete Davidson. Maybe he's a, a nice guy. I don't know anything about him personally. But, man, I just don't get it. Just as an entire, like, thing entire concept it doesn't make sense to me so i don't know it's not like a jealousy thing i just man i watch so many other comics out there who are great who i would love to see get three minutes on weekend update to talk about whatever they want to talk about but that's me rambling those are just some of the things 
that have spooked me out recently. If you, uh, well, you know, what's what spooked you out? Maybe you saw the new Halloween movie with Jamie Lee Curtis. Maybe you finally got around to watching Gremlins for the first time. Maybe maybe you're a Sacramento Kings fan. If any of these things spooked you out or fear, you want to add your own, leave us a comment wherever you're listening. Again, YouTube, SoundCloud, uh, Player FM, iTunes, Google Play, all that stuff, Stitcher. Thank you, uh, thank you for making it through the list with me and listening to me ramble about uh, dieting and exercise, all that stuff. This uh, is going to conclude my episode because I've got things to do, as we already talked about for the first 15 minutes on, the, on the, the podcast. But this was our 2018 Halloween Spooktacular coming to you live from Beantown, 817 St. Paul Street, the heart of America. We're going to watch some football. We're going to go for a run. We're going to meal prep, which is what I'm going to do right now. Get that cauliflower rice going and just uh, eat through the pain, you know. You got to put a good spin on it like you're a politician or something. So thanks again to everyone who uh, who checked us out. If you have any uh, comments or uh, you want to file a complaint or just bitch me out or maybe you listen to Bitches Brew and you're like, hey, this is actually a really good Miles Davis album. Email us, beantownpodcast.yahoo.com. It's beantownbeantownpodcast.yahoo.com. Thank you, uh, finally, to everybody who followed us on the Beantown Fall 2018 tour. It was a lot of fun. It's the first time I've ever toured. Thank you uh, for everyone who bought a shirt, for guests who came on. Uh, Matthew Fiedler, first time in person on the podcast. And HB94, Hilly Benson coming on the podcast. That was awesome. Anybody else I missed who made an appearance, thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, coming on the show. We are getting into holiday season here the next month or so lean up to thanksgiving episode will be pretty low-key don't have any big things planned uh you know resting after the tour uh back in the office nine to five that sort of stuff so we're gonna keep it uh keep it pretty tame keep it kosher and uh once the holidays roll on we'll probably get some some fun people on the podcast next week We'll probably come to you live from the mountains of Virginia, going out there to get away from the hustle and bustle for a little bit, a little R and R, much needed, and we sh- we should have an episode live from there. Otherwise, we won't, and you'll just have to wait and see. So, finally, thank you everyone for tuning in. I hope everyone has a fun and safe Halloween. This has been Quinn David Furness coming to you live from the Beantown Podcast 2018 Halloween Spooktacular. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to uh, retweet this with hashtag friends of the podcast. And have a good week, and we'll see you next time.